Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory. Thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your kindness. We thank you that you rule and reign in our affairs of our lives. We thank you for a beautiful day that you have privileged us to see. We pray, my Father, thanking you that you never give up on us, that you keep choosing us, you keep preferring us, you keep liking us. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God for a beautiful day. And we thank God that has qualified us to see another 24 hours. And we are going to work the works of him who has called us while it is still day. Because whether we like it or not, whether we accept it or not, the night season of our life will come when we will not be able to work. So tonight we are continuing on seven prayers. God wants us to consistently, continuously pray in the year 2023. And the main prayer is that God wants us to be alive to Him. He wants us to come alive to Him. By the reason of what Christ has done, we are alive to God. But in daily living, God wants us to come alive to Him. And we have been perusing the subject of what constitutes being alive to someone. Many of us, we have friends who are dead to us. Those friends are not dead, but in relation to us, they are dead. And want to know what does it mean when you say somebody is dead to you? What does it mean when somebody is alive to you? And that's what we are perusing for seven weeks as God's topics that He wants us to continuously speak to Him about. And we looked at it from the angle of biology, that according to biology, there are seven features or seven characteristics that every organism possesses to be considered a living organism, or everything must possess. So there are seven characteristics of life. So anything that is able to demonstrate these seven characteristics in varied forms, that's the interesting thing. It's not all of us are not going to move the same. All living things don't move the same. All living things don't sense the same things. All living things don't excrete the same metabolic substances. But in whichever way yours is, there's excretion, there's reproduction, there's respiration, there's movement, there's growth, and there's nutrition. And these are the seven things that characterizes life. And these are the same very things that God wants us to develop in this year, 2023. So the first one we looked at was being sensitive to God. You know, I was just in my room one day and something interesting happens. Whenever my brother wants to come to my room, about, let's say, one minute away from my room, I will shout his name. Then whenever I do it, it's like, ah, how do you know it is me that's coming? I think, just by your footsteps. I know who is coming to my room just by the footsteps coming. And it's interesting that God just ministered to me that this is the level I want you to get to. That even when I am in the neighborhood, you should be able to sense my presence. You should be able to sense my dealing. And I'm sure all of us in our homes, we have that kind of thing. The most common example we use is a phone call. That when somebody calls, by the first one or two sentences, if there's somebody you have a relationship with, if there's somebody who's alive to you, you're able to tell who is speaking just by the hello and the next sentence that comes. So even though I'm in my room, and for one of my windows, I can't see who's coming. But by the nature of the walk, I can just tell whether it's my brother is coming or this person is coming. And God wants us to be sensitive to him. 
God wants us to be sensitive to Him. We miss opportunities when we don't know that God is leading us. The next one we looked at was respiration. We need to store up energy because there are going to come times in the year that in the face of Goliath, this is not the time you are not come to bask in thorns. This is not the time you are not come to refuel or generate spiritual ATP. You should have a store of energy. And God wants us to consistently be in prayer, consistently watch and pray. That's why he told the disciples that if you do not watch and pray, Charlie, the hour that is coming, you cannot stand. And lo and behold, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, everybody fled. To the extent that one evening, one of the people who were with them in the garden, they ran away naked. Hey, mercy. The next thing that God wants us to do is movement. God wants us to move in the year 2023. In a light, God, there must be some sort of movement. There must be some sort of movement. And God told the people of the Israelite Trumos that you have stayed at this mountain for, for way too long. It's time for you to move. And one of the things that speeds up old age is less movement. So even the older you become, the less mobile you become. It comes a time that if you check your steps, you don't even walk 100 steps a day because you are you are having house helps or you're having children. If there's remote, you just lie on your couch or your bed. You call your child to run from downstairs or wherever to bring the remote. All you do is to move from your bed to the washroom, then back to the bed. Then go to the dining room. From there, you move to a car. From a car, you are sitting down into an elevator and you are on your office, you are on your desk. The whole time, you are literally sitting. What you don't know is that these things affect us. That's why right now, there are all sorts of devices and mechanisms just to help us be more mobile. Because the more you move, the more alive you are. And tonight, we are looking at the next one, the next feature of life, which is growth. Growth, according to biology, Growth is simply a permanent increase in state. Permanent increase in state and dry mass. Don't worry about the dry mass. But the key word that there's supposed to be a permanent increase in your walk with God. Now, there are two sources of joy in a lady that seems to be un- unimaginable. <laughs> and I, I may be wrong, but at least from what I've seen. It's a lady who is getting married and a lady who has given birth or is pregnant. You know, especially for a lady who wants to, let's say if there are a lady who wants to get married or who has always said that she'll get married by what, 26, 27, 28. For such a lady like this, if she's unable to get married, maybe she gets married around age 33, 32. The kind of joy she has, my God, <laughs> it's just something that you cannot explain. And I, I just, I think I watched the video so and you could just see a lady, like the jaw on her face. I could just imagine her saying that hey, all of you were laughing at me who thought I won't get married. <laughs> I have shocked you. I may be wrong. It's just something my mind was telling me. But it's quite interesting to see the joy. I remember one, one gospel musician got married last year. And I, I was watching, I used to come across a video and the joy the traditional wedding, the main ceremony, the time she spends with the husband and the video. I said, hey, when you see the joy, you know that this is joy you cannot explain. The next joy is the joy of a woman who is pregnant, especially if this woman has been trying to get pregnant. She's married and for maybe some years, they are unable to get pregnant. Or whenever they get pregnant, there's a miscarriage. The kind of joy the woman feels when she gives birth. Oh, 
is a joy that cannot be explained. That's how come most people, most people, especially ladies, I may be wrong again, but most ladies idolize their children, even over their husband, even over God, because there's some sort of burden and some sort of joy to have their own child. That the man they fell in love with, that the God they were worshipping, because the child has come, you should see the way they treat their babies. But the interesting thing is this, no matter the joy a woman has in holding a baby, especially the firstborn, no matter the joy a woman has in pushing, in, in holding what she has carried for nine months, the woman will begin to lose her joy if the child remains a child or if the baby remains a baby. And as much as babies are cute, as they say, <laughs> and as much as you would want a baby as a lady or as a parent, and as much as you, are, you, you don't want your child to grow because when they are young, they are so innocent, they are so lovely, they are so all those adjectives, it will become of great concern if after one year, your child cannot crawl or even walk. I don't know at what age children start for, but it will become of great concern if after four years, your child is still breastfeeding. After five years, a child cannot walk because, regardless of how cute or owl <laughs> a baby is, there's an expectation on the baby to grow. And this is the thing that God is letting us know in the year 2023 I expect you to grow. The joy you brought me when you accepted me as your Lord and Savior, I danced before the angels in the heavens. But no, regardless of that joy, you cannot remain a babe forever. You cannot remain at the same level forever. You must at a point in your life start crawling. And you should not crawl for too long because even at crawling, you must start going from crawling to walking and falling, walking and falling. Then you'll be assisted with bicycles and all those things. But regardless of how beautiful that moment may be, when your child begins to crawl or when your child begins to walk, at a point, an expectation is that you should be able to walk without assistance. You should be able to start feeding on solid milk. Then at a point, you should start to be able to show some level of responsibility, some level of maturity. Then before you realize they're expecting you to pass, to pass um, your academics, to perform in whatever area of life you have. And before you realize they're expecting you to settle down, have a family, begin to go. So no matter the joy you brought to your parents, they will be worried if you still remain a child. And God is letting us know that I'm worried if you still remain as you were in 2022. So God is telling us that in the year 2023, one prayer that he wants us to consistently pray is the desire to grow. There is beauty in growth. And so that's one thing many people, especially of this era, that many of us do not appreciate. There is beauty in growth. There is beauty in passing through the stages of life. So I see so many people who are in a hurry to jump from one level to another. You see the way so many people who are teenagers cannot just wait to become young adults. You see the people who are young adults who cannot just wait to become what? <laughs> adult adults. I always tell people that never rush a season of life you are. If you're in the university, enjoy it. Do not be thinking about how you start going to work, driving in a car, and wearing that suit, no more lectures. No, enjoy your level because there's beauty in growth. 
There are so many of us, especially because of social media, there are so many of us who are rushing out of our current season into another season. There are so many of us who are jumping the growth process of life. You know, one day I was on social media and I think I saw um, an image by Tyler Perry and he posted four images. The first one was his first studio, I think he built by himself. There's a few years later, he had a bigger studio. And a few years later, another studio, another studio. I think he has had four or five studios from what the picture, if I remember correctly. And I was just fascinated by the process he went through. There is beauty in growth. That is why whenever we see any big person, any somebody who has achieved something, one of the most fascinating things about that person is when we see a picture of the person when the person was younger. There's a picture of, I think, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Was a picture. I think Barack was on the floor reading the newspaper, and Michelle was changing the diaper. It's just beautiful because they can they have grown through together. But for many of us, especially us as Africans, <laughs> a friend of mine tells me that the way I say us as Africans is like I have a personal grudge against us because I am one. We must we must grow as Africans. We like protocol. We like shortcuts too much. In fact, indirectly, the more protocol you have, the bigger a person you are in Ghana. So people pride themselves in the fact that I didn't have to go through the process to get this, a process to get that. I just went into the office and made a phone call and somebody got, of course, sometimes our systems may not be so strong, our institutions are not so strong. So something that should take about a week ends up taking a month or two or even a year. And as much as that is frustrating, many of us do not like going through due process, even things because there are some processes, especially in Ghana, that have been streamlined and let's say in about two weeks you get it. The person is not in a hurry to go anywhere or to use that document or whatever you need, but the person just wants to feel like a big man. And for big men, we don't stay in the line. And because of this thing, our mentality that we don't want to grow even in our careers. We don't want to grow even in our marriages. We don't want to grow in our relationship. You start someone, you meet someone today, you, are, you claim after two weeks you are dating a person. After one month, you are asking for sex. After two months, then it seems like nothing else is left. Then it just becomes an obsession of last upon last upon last. People don't want to grow. People don't want to go from stage one to stage two, from primary to secondary to tertiary. People don't like growing. But there's beauty in growth. There is beauty in growth. And one of the reasons why I love the man Joseph so much was that I admired the growth process he went through. Right from being the last that one born, being loved by his father, being not so liked by his brothers, going through due process. It's just so beautiful when I read the story about this. And the story about David also has that beautiful process. You see the process. And for many of us, we are interested in getting to the destination. But God is interested in the nine months. God is interested in the six days before creation is complete. That is why even though in God in one day could have spoken creation into being, he decided to do it day by day, day by day. There is beauty in us. Yearn to grow. Yearn to grow. Stop seeking after protocol and shortcuts. That is why Jesus did not die when he was 12 years old. That is why he did not die when he was 20 years old. Either did he die when he was 30 old. If it was just about death, they could have, God could have allowed Herod to kill Jesus as a baby. Because after all, it's the blood that you did sprinkled. But it's not just about that. It's that Jesus had to grow into his high priest role 
he hadn't needed to feel what men feel so that he could be a competent high priest. Because the high priest is chosen from amongst the people, somebody who could share in his infirmity. Jesus, as God, could have just snapped his fingers and experienced those feelings, but he decided to go through the process. He decided to grow. And for 30 years, he learned carpentry, something that he wouldn't have needed in life. For his mission, he did not need to be a carpenter. Unless maybe the cross that he died on, he indirectly constructed the, the, the cross. And I don't think Jesus and his father they were making crosses. At least they were fixing doorknobs, they were making beds and chairs and shelves. And I don't think they were making crosses. So even though Jesus did not need to go to the school of carpentry, to go to the University of Vocational Training, God allowed it so. That's what he told John the Baptist. When John the Baptist insisted that Charlie, you should be baptizing me, he said, for all righteousness sake. You see, that's why I even tell people that maybe you are going to become a musician, an artist, a YouTuber, and whatever. So you think you don't need education. Go through the process for all righteousness sake. There are some growth processes that you must go through. That is why there's always a difference between somebody who inherits a company from the top and somebody who went through the process of the company to become the CEO. All the people who are CEOs of these multinational companies did not start as CEOs. They once were managers of here, heads of certain committees or organizations like this. Then when maybe the founder was by living, the founder gave it up to this person who has been with the company, who knows the rudiments of the company. That's why in Africa, most companies do not outlive their successors or their founders. I remember one day, I think I showed on this platform that I and a colleague, we were trying to, I and some colleagues, we were trying to look at for companies that have been transgenerational, that have passed three generations and have been going higher and higher. We could not find a lot of them. There were so many bakeries that existed that are no longer. But I think recently I found one. I was watching the news and there's a gobe seller. Gobe means beans. There's a bean seller somewhere. I think they call it beans Gucci. I, I came across the TV and I was impressed. A woman has been selling beans, or there have been these bean stands for 50, over 50 something years because their grandmother started it. The lady who was interviewed, her grandmother, her mother, and now she's over the business. And she has been selling the beans with, I think, her auntie for about 10 years now. And I was quite impressed, but they need to grow. You can't be in that small, small corner. They must have opening branches or start doing. And what ordering online, <laughs> but I was just so impressed to see that this bean seller, their company has been in existence for at least three generations. We cannot mention many companies like that in Ghana. That's why we don't have multinational company because at a point in time, if you are growing, you become too big for where you are. You must expand. You must become global. You must become regional. And this is God's desire for us that we go through the process, that we go through the seven days that we go through the nine months, that we go through the 30 years when nobody knows you. And God is saying that he wants us to grow into that perfect man. That's one of the reasons why God has left us here on earth because he wants us to grow into that bride without spot or wrinkle. God doesn't just want to just flip his finger or snap his finger. Then we are matured believers. He wants us to go through the school of, of earth where we are taught patience, where we are taught endurance, where we are taught long-suffering, where we are taught how to, to survive accusations and gossip, how we are taught not to backbite, how we are taught not to be envious, how people will provoke you, how you are taught not to be... God wants you to grow. That's why he has left us here. Because it's only on earth 
that we can experience people envying. It's only on earth that we can have the opportunity to be ungrateful. And yet, when you still maintain your gratitude, when you refuse to complain or mama or being bitter, then God is like, you are ready to be the bride of my beloved son. That's why he wants the church on. He wants the church to grow. God is not just interested in the perfect church, but is interested in the church growing into perfection. We need to grow. We need to grow. And this is the thing that the prodigal son also missed. He thought it was only about inheriting his father's property. That is why he was like, Father, I've been waiting for you to die and you are not dying. Because what he did not realize that whilst he was in his father's house, he was being tutored, he was being mentored, he was being nurtured on how to become the next ogre. But he thought that all he needed was the inheritance. So he said, Father, give me my inheritance. And we all know how the story ended. God's desire is that 2023 will go. And God's desire for us is that we will have the desire. We will pray constantly that God may we yearn after this. So let's just read four scriptures. I won't explain the scriptures into detail, but hopefully during the course of the year, we may bring ourselves back. But let's just look at things that make it a purpose in your heart, that for your spiritual life, you will grow. For your work with God, you will grow. And the first indicator of being a babe is that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14. I won't explain much of the scripture, but I don't want to draw your mind onto stages that you must have left as a believer. He's saying, therefore, let's go on the verse um, 12. Okay, for the verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did God give us these gifts? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Three reasons. And what's the purpose of these three reasons? So that you come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God wants us to grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He doesn't want to just snap his finger for us to get it. And now look at what he's saying. That henceforth we be no more children. When you are a child, you are killed to God. But God is saying that do not be no more a child. I liked it when you were crawling. I liked it when you were breastfeeding. I liked the way you could not say daddy and mama, but you were just mumbling some words. But saying that do not be no more children. And it gives a characteristics of a child who is tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Be stable in your Christian world. Be stable in your Christian world. For most of us, we are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That is why we keep jumping from meetings after meetings, organizations from organizations, comes to comes, church. Be stable in your doctrine in Christ. For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Be stable in the person and the message of Jesus. You see the way we have so much beliefs in talking and religious activities. I always say this. Many people believe in prayer, the activity of prayer, than in the God who answers prayer. So for many of us, we are just happy when we have invested physical energy in prayer. And just happy in fulfilling religious obligations. So for many of us, we are moved by people who are able to do more gymnastics at service. So you see that we are looking for the next showman on the pulpit. But God is saying, be not tossed to and fro by every way of doctrine. Stability is a mark of an adult. And this is one of the things that God wants us. Be stable 
in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Be stable in your dealings in the Spirit. By the slight of men and the cunning craftiness where they lie in wait to deceive. I can one day we'll look into these things about this interesting. But speaking the truth in love, that you may grow up in him in all things. You see, one of the things about maturity is you don't just speak the truth, but you speak the truth in love. And this is also very important because when I know people, that said, there's a colleague that and I like him. He, he doesn't tolerate nonsense. He, when he sees the wrong thing, he always addresses. And one day he made a decision that asked for me, I don't care whether you like me or not. I don't care what anybody you say. When I sit, I'll call it as it is. And of course, that's how it's supposed to be. But their motive should be in love. And the motive should not be pleasing the boss or pleasing this or making other people look bad. Because if the motive becomes in love, sometimes the methodology will change. So speaking the truth in love, so the mark of adulthood is one, your stability in Christ and how you communicate truth. So that when these two things are in place, you would grow up in him. You would grow up in him. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 4, the verse number 3. You can start from the verse 1. It says that, Now I say there, that and here, as long as it being a child, differed not from a servant. So this is the reasons why you must grow. This is one of the reasons why you must go because as long as you are a baby, you and a servant, there's no difference between the two of you. Even though you are the Lord or you are the heir of everything your father has. But because you are a baby, you and a servant, there's no difference. You see that? And here, as long as he's been a child, different Lord from a servant, though he be Lord of all. So what does God do? He puts you under tutors and governess until the time appointed by the father. So one of the tutors is called the earth. The earth is a tutoring place where the circumstances and the bamboozlement of life will tutor you, where the heartbreaks and the moments of joy and the experiences and the, and the mistreatment and, and all the things that we experience in life, the beautiful moments. Some of us don't even know how to appreciate beauty and good times. I know people, some people are so negative that when anytime something good wants to happen to them, they are, they are insecurity destroys goodness so people have had because of maybe terrible beloveds they've had when they meet somebody who genuinely loves them they just think that this guy is so good to be true you need to be trained for some people cannot even tolerate good things they're always suspicious of good things may god deliver us is that for we be under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the father even so we when we were children yet again is given a characteristic of a child we were in bondage under the elements of the world. We were in bondage under the elements of the world. One of the characteristics of a child is that you are always in bondage of the elements of the world. The forces of the world, the circumstances of the world, the contrary winds of the world always keeps you in bondage. You cannot even live in joy because of the bond, the frustration of life. But remember, he that is born of God overcomes all things. So one of the things about a mature person is that you refuse to live under the bondage of the elements of the world, over the schemes of the world, over the things that constitute this world. You should grow out of family sicknesses. You should grow out of diseases. You should grow out of failures. You should grow out of a pessimistic mindset. You should grow out of negativity, out of complaining, out of comparison, out of everything. You should grow out of these things. You should not be a bondage to sin again. You should not be a bondage to lust. We should grow out of the elements. 
of this world. Hebrews 5, verse 15. Let's see, let's start from maybe the verse number 12. Or let's see from verse 11. Let's start from verse 10, just to get a context. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to utter, seeing that you are dull in hearing. So he was talking about Melchizedek. And he was saying that this guy called Melchizedek, we have so much to say about him. But because of your dullness in hearing, we cannot say these things. Why? When for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one will teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the world of righteousness, for he is a babe. For strong meat belongeth to those who are full age, and he describes one characteristic of somebody who is of full age, who by reason of use, who by experience, have senses, have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. Paul is telling us that I want to speak to you about Melchizedek, but you are dull in hearing. Why are you dull in hearing? Because there comes a time in your Christian world you should be a teacher. But if you have need that we explain to you and um, I think the message verse says the ABCs of the doctrines of Christ, of the oracles the speakings of God, the basics the alphabets of God's dealing with man, then you have need of milk and not strong meat because as long as you are keep drinking milk, you are unskillful in the word of righteousness most of us we don't understand when we say righteousness, we are still debating about righteousness uh-huh. What, what does it mean when we say he made him who knew no sin to become sin that we may become the righteousness of God? We don't understand what it means to be holy because I am Father. We are still grappling with these fundamentals, what they call the principles of the first oracles of God. And he just quickly go to chapter six. He gives us the he gives us the ABCDs of the of the oracles of God. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. He said, Let us go. What are we going out of one? not laying again the foundation of repentance. So one of the things that a babe struggles with is every day he's giving his life to Christ. Every altar call he's going. And he said that not laying again the repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So these are some of the things that babes must be taught over and over again. You must be talking about the resurrection of the dead. You are still doubting if the dead shall resurrect. And even in Corinthians, one of the things that God had to address, that if we claim that people don't resurrect from the dead, how are we going to inherit the kingdom of heaven? For flesh and blood, we cannot inherit the kingdom. You must still be taught again about the doctrines of baptism. You see us arguing about baptism, about the laying on of hands, about eternal judgment, whether we shall be judged or whether we will not be judged, the nature of the judgment, all these things, the Bible calls it the principles of the doctrine of Christ, the elementary principles, repentance from dead works, and having faith towards God. And he goes on to say in the verse 14, now I've gone back to chapter 15, verse 14, he says that, but strong meat belongs to those who are of full age, who by reason of use have their senses exercised. That is why we started with sensitivity. You, you, you should know when God is speaking to you. The best way to know it, amidst all we have teachings, and we have our first episode, Who Told You? It's about how to hear from God. Amidst all this theory we are giving you, there's a place for practicals. The best way to know the voice of God is by experience. That's how come I knew when my brother is working. 
or is coming towards my room. I have, he has been coming to my room several times, so immediately he starts coming. I know who's coming. So let's see if my brother always comes to my room, I can tell. If my, my sister always comes to my room, I can tell. But imagine my, my mom is coming to my room and she has not come to my room for like a whole year. I may not be sure who is coming to my room. I'm like, ah, this walking is an unusual work. So I may struggle. But God is always speaking to us, and you should know by reason of experience, by reason of use, you should be able to discern between good and evil. You should know when you are walking in the will of God and when you are not. That's one of the basics. And when you know when God is leading you, that's why sensitivity is very important. This is one of the characteristics of a matured person. And this is what God has a desire for us that we should get to in this year. So to end, we'll be looking at what Peter says, First Peter 2 verse 2, as newborn babes. So maybe you are a newborn babe. You just gave your life to Christ in the year 2022. Even if you are new, He's saying, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And this is what God wants us to constantly pray in the year 2023, that you would grow. And how do we grow? Is by desiring the sincere milk of the word of God. And this is why many Christians, especially in the African church, we are not growing. Because we are designed after prophecies. We are designed after miracles, after miracles, after deliverance. You are moving from one deliverance session. How many demons do you have? How many generational cases? You have been delivered from generational cases after generational cases. Generational case. How many generational cases do you have? When you are, when your life is hidden with Christ in God and your obsessions about breaking yokes. This year, one of the things we are really going to deal with is about this obsession, our consciousness of evil, our consciousness of a curse rather than a blessing. You are blessed. The Bible says that, that cursed be the man who put it on the cross. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus had to die on the cross, to carry the curse of the Lord, so that the blessings of Abraham will become ours in Christ Jesus. But we are always moving from one deliverance session to another deliverance session. All our prophetic words is about how a familiar of spirit is dealing with this. Oh, brother, you are tossed to and fro. You grow by the sincere milk of the word of God. What you need is a place that you be taught the word of God constantly. And you know, just, just this week, I was looking at ministries that, that are doing well at least according to my eyes. And all those ministries are teaching ministries. In fact, even the ones that we know them for signs and wonders, that they do it of miracles, sometimes they use that one as, as if I say, advertisement. But if you join the church, you find that the way they do teaching, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Just that, of course, miracles, signs and wonders draws people. So that's what means they advertise. But if you go to these this ministries, they do teaching, two hours. They go for midweek service. It's teaching, teaching, teaching. And they teach the truth. Paul calls the church that the, 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 the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. If your church, there are no teachings, you are in the wrong church. If your church is always about prophecies, deliverance, tokens, oh, you are in the wrong place. You must be taught. And that's why the African church, even though it's a spiritual Church, we are like the Corinth church. We are carnal because we don't like teachings. Most of us don't know any. That's why we don't know about the doctrine of baptism. We don't know about the repentance from dead by faith towards God. There is, we don't know anything about that. All we know is that soon, 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 the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. We don't even know what the agenda of the Holy Spirit is in our life. We need to desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. And that's what will lead us to nutrition. 
which is also part of the characteristics of life. You must desire the word of any church. The percentage of teaching should be like 60% or at least 50%. They may be, let's say, what we call prophecies and word of knowledge, uh, 10%, this one, 10%, prophetic. 10. But teaching should be the main thing because the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Jesus was teaching, 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 teaching. Look, Paul, why is Paul famous? It's not necessarily, or why is Paul, Paul? It's not necessarily because of the miracles he did in those days, because people have done more miracles than Paul have done again. But the reason why we are still mentioning Paul's name is because of his teachings, because of the letters he wrote. So for all you know, Bartholomew or Matthew may have done more wonders and miracles than Paul. For all you know, Peter and the rest have done, look at what Philip the Evangelist did. But one of the reasons we keep mentioning Paul's name is because of his teachings. It's your teachings that will outlive you. One of the ministers that have defined um, things that are taught in the church today is Kenneth E. Hagen. Almost every minister of the gospel has read Kenneth E. Hagen's books. And the reason why Kenneth E. Hagen is Kenneth E. Hagen is because of his teachings. Even though he did miracles, signs and wonders, it was his teachings that have made him an apostle in the church. His teachings, the same thing for Billy Graham, his teachings. The same thing for John Wesley, it is his teachings. So in, in, in Acts chapter 1, when Philip was talking about it, he said, oh, all the things that Jesus began to teach and do, the teachings. And for a believer, you must love the teachings of the word of God. I get so some way when you see believers who have gone a whole year and you have not fed yourself on the word of God. One, by the reading of the word. Two, Christian literature. And three, listening to sermons. This should become your daily bread, but you must have the desire for these things. And I think that God, one thing that God wants us to pray consistently is the desire for the sincere milk of the word of God. God wants us to grow. A time will come, you may be like Samuel. When you hear the voice of God, you don't know. You must go and see Ella. But after experience, you should know that, oh, when God speaks, this is the way he speaks. So if you see Samuel, when he became experienced, when he was going to anoint a king, the next king of Israel, when he went and he saw Jesus' firstborn, he was about to go and anoint Jesus' firstborn. But because he has now learned the voice of God, when God said, hey, a man look on the outward, man look on the inward, that was another teaching moment for someone. Someone said, oh, you are not the one. Because someone had learned God's voice. No matter the teachings we give, you must learn God's voice by experience and try and error. You must, it's an experience that you must have. You must learn to speak to God. And remember, the gift he gives to us, our, our podcast on, on Christmas, the gift of access. God wants you to grow. And you grow by relating with God for yourself, not through a man of God or through a prophet or through some meetings. You should learn how to sit on yourself and get a word from God for yourself for the year, for the month, for your destiny. And always stop relying on prophetic words from people. For most of us, all the directions we have had in life is from prophecies. You have never had a moment alone where through the study of the word or in a personal worship or anything. Or when you're doing, most of these like this, when I'm doing casually. For example, I just gave you about how God taught me about discerning his voice when my brother was coming to my room. I was just sitting on my couch. I think I was watching TV. But the way I mentioned my brother's name, I said, ah, how do you always know when I'm coming? God says, this is the level I want. I was not in prayer. I was not in worship. This is the level that God wants us to get to. And one of the main barriers is that we are still dealing with intermediates, with the men of God, women of God, and all those things. You have the gift of access. 
shall we pray? Let's spend some time telling God, Father, give me the desire to grow. So as newborn babes, desire the sincere of the word of God, that you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Father, may this be our burden for the year 2023. May this be our yearning, and our desire to grow, our desire to move. First John tells us that they are little children, they are young men and they are fathers. We must grow. In fact, now they are, they are babes. So we have babes, little children, young adults and fathers. Father, may we grow. May we grow in you. This year, 2023, may we make great strides. May we attempt great things for you. In the name of our Lord Jesus. May we come alive to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. We thank God so much for this opportunity. And we thank God that you are still with us. We are believing God that this year, we are expecting more fresh voices. We are expecting to have more interviews with amazing people. And we appreciate your presence on all platforms. And our main platform always remains the Telegram channel, the household of the Father. But we appreciate all of you that listen on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean. And we are believing God to increase us, to expand us, to establish us. And to be witnesses for Him, even to the outermost parts of the earth. Enjoy your new year, your new month. And remember, we are still giving God our best. And we are owing no man nothing but love. See you next week, God willing. And bye-bye. Not for